Hey you guys, it's Kareen and Kenyon from California. Now creep it real, real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. <laughs> and listen to this Sinister Sightings episode with Donna, Donna and, and Carrie. <laughs> Donna and I'm Carrie and we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Settings 155. And you just heard Kareen and her little creepster. Kenyon, right? I think so. Oh my god, y'all, that was the cutest. Right? That laugh at the end. The little, I don't, I can't do it, I, I, it was cute. Too cute. Well, that may have been cute as fuck and you may be nervous about following it up with another intro, but you can do it. And if you've got an intro, send it in. And if you don't have an intro and you want one, well, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, on to the first story. Hey ladies, I used to work third shift at Walmart and one of my coworkers was also a veteran like myself, only I outranked him. So we would joke around and sometimes I'd make him do push-ups. We would all joke together and he was young and a funny guy. I saw him as a teddy bear. He was doing so good at work that he got promoted to supervisor. I mean, he and I egged our friend's house. We threw eight dozen eggs at the house and we had a blast. Little did I know that I was dealing with a criminal, a murderer. In January 2013, this coworker posted a cryptic message on Facebook. Then later that day, or a few days later, he was wanted by police for the shooting death of a pregnant 16-year-old and shooting another girl in the head. She survived. It was all over Facebook, and when I read the article, I got chills, and I just couldn't believe it. Turns out this coworker was a thug during the day. There was a manhunt for him because not only did he murder a pregnant teen and critically injured another teen, turns out in October of 2012, he was part of a violent home invasion. One of the residents was assaulted and their pit bull chased off the intruders and bit one. Unfortunately, the intruder shot and killed the dog, but police recovered DNA from the dog's mouth. During the manhunt, they finally got the results of the DNA test and it matched to my coworker. So they wanted him off the streets. After a standoff, he was eventually captured and trial began. He avoided the death penalty, but was given life without parole. He continues to file appeals on his case, but so far all his motions are denied. What I did learn, never let your guard down and don't trust people. Holy fuck. That is so scary. You know, military personnel, like, it just comes with, like, a a level of respect and expectations of, like, a moral clause. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. Right. Because you got to think about just the sheer numbers in the military. Like, there's going to be bad apples, you know? Right. I mean, it's impossible for there not to be, again, just by sheer mathematical probability, you know? Well, aren't you smart? <laughs> Not even a little. Those are probably not the right words. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you were safe. And I just can't even imagine having your trust broken like that. And then I don't know how you move on from that. Like I would second guess myself all the time. Same. All right. Next story. Hi, ladies. I can't express how much I love your podcast. So I figured I would share a story with you. So one night, my mom checked on me while I was asleep, and I immediately sat up, still 100% asleep, and I have never sleepwalked before. I haven't even woken up in the middle of my sleep in a while, but this one night when she checked on me, I sat straight up with my eyes still closed, and I had perfect posture, and my eyes still closed, And I looked over perfectly where she was standing and just stared at her. And she tried calling my name. She tried like shaking me awake and I did not wake up. The next morning when she asked me about it, I had no memory whatsoever. And this happened every night for about a month. And I still do it sometimes. This incident was about two years ago. I figured I would send you a story because your podcast always lightens my mood. And since I've broken my arm, there isn't much I can do. And your podcast is one of my favorite pastimes. From Abigail R. Well, you know, if it messes up my sleep, it's not for me. Right? Oh my gosh. I'm just like trying to think about your mom. <laughs> you sitting up straight, perfectly straight. You said that so weird. I'm just trying to think about your mom. 
who says that? That was funny. Your mom. <laughs> I feel like it was like a cartoon chicken that sounded like that. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> now you sounded like the goose from uh, Charlotte's Web. The goose and the gander. Oh, God. But anyway, thinking about your mom. <laughs> And you just sitting straight up and looking at her. Like, I just feel like your head, like, slowly turned that way. No, that's creepy. I feel like she was like, huh. Also, <laughs> only in your sleep can you have, like, perfect posture. During <laughs> right. the day, can't. Night, no. I mean, like a fucking ballerina. <laughs> okay, the next one. Hola, my beautiful senoritas. I wrote my first email back at the very end of December about the shadow figure in the hospital and have been wanting to write in more, but have not had the time. Okay, actually, speaking of, since they mentioned that, um, we've had a couple people ask. We're right at the end of May of 2021. Yeah, duh, because we're not in May of 2022. Oh, Lord. I'm currently staying in a hotel while I wait on a snag in the cell of my home. So I have all the time in the world and realize it's time to get to my stories. I have two paranormal and one true crime-like. Y'all don't have to read them, but if you have time and want to, here they are. Uh, of course we want to. When I was four years old, my sister M was seven, and she was always one to get into trouble for everything. We weren't all saints. She was just the one that would get in trouble, even if we were all being mischievous. One day, my sister made my mom so mad that my mom chased her out and around the house with a shoe. Since my mom couldn't catch her, she decided to lock her out after yelling in Spanish, May the devil take you. She was pissed. And not the nicest back in the day. It was getting dark and M was still not allowed to come inside. I was in our share bedroom and I helped her sneak in through the window. She told me our mom can die and go to hell. And then she hid under her bed so my mom wouldn't see that she was back inside. Meanwhile, I sat up playing with Barbies on my top bunk. It was only the two of us in the room. My mom was clanking dishes around in the sink and my dad was out of town. I remember it as though it was yesterday. The room felt like the air got sucked out of it and the sounds faded away except for an eerie man's voice calling my sister's name from outside the window. M. It was a scratchy but deep voice and it made the hair on my neck stand up and I froze instantly. I remember trying to turn my head and I couldn't move. M started trying to get out from under the bed and from the corner of my eye, I could see her arms reaching out, but she wasn't coming out. The bed was right in front of the window. At the same time, we were both able to move again. She flew out from under the bed, and I tried calling for my mom, but no sound would come out, no matter how hard I tried. The sound from the kitchen still sounded far away, and that vacuum-like feeling was still in the room. We both ended up at the door trying to open it, and we couldn't. We were shaking so bad. I don't know if I was so scared I just couldn't hear, but we were both screaming without sound. And just like that, the sound was back and the door opened. The voice was unlike anything I have ever heard, and nothing has ever caused me fear like that. It literally only said one word and caused so much terror. We didn't see anything, but when we told mom about it, she calmly said, I know. I told the devil to take her, so he was probably looking for her. To this day, we don't know what that was. Maybe it was our minds playing a trick on us both somehow. But you better believe my sister never made my mom mad like that again. The second story. When I was 11, my 13-year-old cousin Myrna wanted us to play the pencil game. She said all we do is hold three pencils, each in the shape of a half square, and then we connect the ends of the pencils to the other person's pencils. We then ask yes or no questions and it answers us by moving inward for yes and outward for no. I asked who's answering us and she just laughed and said, no one. I just said I would watch and finished eating my Ziploc bag full of trail mix. They asked away, getting excited when they got answers they wanted. Finally, my cousin said, if you are really the devil, will you fill up Anna's bag with air? And it goes inward to say yes. First of all, I'm not done with my trail mix. And second, the devil? What in the actual fuck? Had I known that, I would not have sat through it at all. 
I got mad and left, leaving my baggie behind. A few minutes later, they came to the living room like they weren't just in there asking the devil questions. I snuck out and ran to the room, finished my troll mix, and blew up the baggie left by the pencils and went to my mom's room to not give away what I had just done. When they went into the room, I hear gasp and frantic chatter. I was pretending to be asleep on my mom's bed, but I was dying inside because I knew they were scared. I never told them it was me. Story number three. After high school, my dad really wanted me to go to college at our state university, which was four hours away. Although I didn't want to go to school, I agreed since he said he would foot all my bills. Well, school didn't go as planned, and I ended up dropping out. Since I was stuck in a rental agreement, which he specifically had them include our agreement, I would now have to pay for the rent on my own. So I started working two jobs. My second job was at a video store, and we were open until midnight. Then we would do things like count the money, put away the remaining movie returns, and clean up the building before going home. So sometimes we would be going home around 1230 or 1 in the morning. One day, there was this guy that came in the store. He was easily 6 feet tall, very thin, light blue eyes, and the strangest shoulder-length red hair I had ever seen. I was looking at his hair and telling my coworker Kayla that I wish I could get my hair that straight. Suddenly, we make eye contact, and I immediately feel my face turning red, thinking he was going to think I was talking bad. I always blushed when people would make eye contact with me, and blush even harder when they point out that I'm blushing, and I normally just shut down so I don't start crying. It sucks, and I hate it. Well, sure enough, he walks up to our counter and reads my name tag. Anna, is it? You know you're blushing, and I think it's cute. I was so embarrassed and uncomfortable, I could have just died right there. Kayla jumps up and says she was just saying she wished she could have straight hair like yours. That's all. He completely ignored her and didn't take his eyes off of me. Kayla pushes me to an open register and I start helping customers. Meanwhile, she goes off on this guy for not leaving me alone when he could clearly see that I was uncomfortable. He leaves, but he comes back regularly, always giving me a creepy flirtatious smile and a wave, which was never returned. For weeks, we would get blocked phone calls several times, and we later realized that they would stop after I answered. Our greeting included our names, BTW, and a few minutes after these calls, the creeper would walk into the store. Everyone said they saw him come in on days I wasn't there, but he never failed to make me feel uncomfortable no matter how much I avoided him. I told my sister about him, and she told me to text her the next time we get a blocked call, so I did. She showed up with her boyfriend almost at the same time as the creep. This time, he corners me into the video game section and he says, I just heard you watch The Ant Bully. Was it a good movie? Who's Gabby? Your daughter? He had been looking at my MySpace account. I told him I was sorry if I gave him the impression that I was interested in him, but that was not my intention and asked if he could stop looking at me like he does because I do not like eye contact from anyone and I'm easily uncomfortable with confrontation. My sister's boyfriend taps him on the arm and tells him to take a walk with him outside. I don't know what he said to him, but the creep shoots me a mean glass from outside the glass part of the building, and he walks to his creepy white Bronco. A few days go by, and one night, around 11.50 p.m., I'm in the back putting movies on the shelf, and Kayla grabs me by the arm and walks me to the back office and tells me not to come out. I look at the security monitor, and I see him walking around the store. He's not looking at the shelves. He's just walking around, looking down the aisles. He's looking for me. Kayla asks if she can help him look for something, and he says no. He's just looking. He does another quick pace lap and leaves. Kayla waits a few minutes until closing time, and she locks the door and shuts off the lights and then comes to the back office without saying a word. She gets on the phone and calls our boss and tells him that my stalker just came into the store looking pissed, and now he's sitting in his Bronco parked next to my car. He tells her to call the police and have them to drive by, so she does. The police officer drives up to the store, and he shines a light in the Bronco, and it drives off, but the officer stays a few minutes and asks if we know his name. Surprisingly, we don't. Every other time, he had come into the store with his uncle, whose name was on the account. So we finally get our closing done, and we look around, and I haul ass to my car. We shared a giant parking lot with a Papa John's, a furniture store, and an old empty department store. And as I'm driving away, I see parking lights moving in the distance from around the corner of the empty store. 
There are no other cars on the road, and I lived out going towards open desert, so it was either keep driving or turn towards my neighborhood. Luckily, I remembered the road where several police officers lived, and I quickly pulled into one of their driveways. Not far behind me comes the Bronco, slowly driving by. I was slouched in the driver's seat, hoping he wouldn't see me. Then the porch light on the house comes on and the Bronco flees. I am in tears and ready to throw up. The officer had come out with his gun on his side and I was frozen. He asks, can I help you? And I put my hands up and he puts his gun away. I tell him what just happened and he told me it would be okay. The next day, our boss called the creeper's uncle trying to get his name and he wouldn't give it to him. We were going to file a police report, but we weren't able to. Luckily, kinda, I got one last phone call and he said he was sorry if he scared me and that I would not be seeing him anymore since he was leaving town. I don't know what he had planned, and I am glad I didn't find out. Sorry this was so long, but I hope you get to read them. Y'all stay safe out there. Don't be afraid to tell people to fuck off when they make you feel uncomfortable, and never tell the devil to take your kids. Y'all stay creepy and don't get scared. Love always, Anna. Uh, fuck that guy, but very smart thinking to turn down that road with all the cops. Yes. And also, damn, your mama's a savage. Your mama is hardcore. And she wasn't like, oh, bless your heart. No, she was like, well, I told the devil to come get you. <laughs> like, well, don't fuck with me because you know what's going to happen. And LOL at you tricking your cousins with the bag. I died at the, first of all, I wasn't done eating. <laughs> right? Because, uh, me neither. Ever. Mm-mm. And especially trail mix. Uh-uh. Don't be fucking with my trail mix. But what kind? So you okay, don't well, like the salty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah, my dad makes the best homemade Chex Mix. Mm. It's so good. Your dad also makes really good peanuts. Oh, does he? Bold peanuts. Bold peanuts. peanuts. Um, and I wouldn't know, but Colby ate those that time. Okay. <laughs> All right, the next one is titled Caitlin's Friend Part 2. Hey, beautiful creepsters. Sorry it's been a while, but here's the rest of the story from Kate's quote-unquote friend. I left off with a weird giggle cliffhanger. I actually woke up my sleeping toddler. No joke. I was totally like, nope. So I'd say a few weeks later, my mother-in-law came down for a visit. She's a very no-nonsense type woman and thinks ghost stories are silly. My husband, for some reason, started telling her about what was going on. Of course, she told him, that's ridiculous. Caitlin is doing what any kid would do in her circumstance. She's lonely during the day, so she's using her imagination. Nothing more. As she's saying this, in walks Caitlin. Picture it. She's literally the cutest little thing. She's got that adorable toddler chub, big brown eyes, and beautiful brown ringlets. She walks straight up to my mother-in-law and says, rather matter-of-factly, Nana, Elizabeth is real, and so are the monsters. You'll see. Damn. So then she proceeded to march her little self right out of the room like she hadn't just said the creepiest shit we've ever heard. I knew what I'd experienced, but at the same time, I liked my mother-in-law's explanation a lot better, and I thought about kids going through that monster phase. So maybe Caitlin was just imagining it all after all, right? The next few months were okay. I'd hear Caitlin talk to Elizabeth, but it was all little kid stuff like, no, I want to play with that one. Over that month, I'd convinced myself I had imagined the giggles and it was just a case of an imaginary friend until. I believe we were getting ready for a birthday or something. So the husband and I were busy cleaning house. I again was unloading the dishwasher. He was vacuuming and Caitlin was home while her sisters were at school. Apparently, Caitlin had tried to play in the living room, but her dad said no because he was vacuuming. Caitlin was standing in her doorway, which was right across from the kitchen, crying. She usually loved to help unload the dishwasher, so I looked up for my work to ask if she wanted to do that. There, Caitlin stood in her doorway. She had her hands in her face, crying. But next to Caitlin was another brown-haired girl. Y'all, she was a girl, like fully formed, actual human child. She was about two or three inches taller than Caitlin. She had medium length brown hair. She wore a dress, but not like an old dress, maybe the 40s and 50s. She was kind of bent forward looking at Caitlin like she was concerned. I audibly gasped out of sheer confusion and shock. As the sound escaped my mouth, she looked up, saw me and turned, and as she turned, this completely opaque child faded out. 
I stood there frozen for a second, trying to make sense of what just happened. This whole time, Caitlin is still whining and oblivious to the existential crisis her mama is having in the kitchen doorway. I finally said, Caitlin? She sniffles out, what? Me trying to be calm and failing. Caitlin, was that Elizabeth? Caitlin, yeah. Mama, daddy said I can't play in the living room. I'll leave it here for now, but a part three is coming. Just a foreshadowing of the foreskin. We ended up with a visit from Les Spirits and leaving the house in the early morning. I've also been a person who loved scary stories, but never thought I'd actually live one. I'm sure when I tell people about this experience, it seems far-fetched. I also know there will be some people who don't believe it, but I don't blame them. I'd probably feel the same way if it actually didn't happen to me. Thank you for making my cleaning time a little less boring. Stay spooky and remember, creep it real and don't get scared. I love at the end when she's like, yeah, and then goes into whining like, but daddy won't let me play in the living room. Like, this is a real thing here. Yeah, I've been telling you about her. She's right there. Okay, but like... (laughs) For real, Mom. I can't play. (laughs) He's vacuuming. Ugh. Though that would piss me off, though, if I was vacuuming and had those lines going and someone walked in and... Oh, gosh. Is that what you actually do? Well, I don't have anything that makes lines anymore. But I used to at my old house. And you would make the lines? Yeah. Okay. You don't? I mean, I don't care. Of course. I used to vacuum at our house that we shared. You never noticed? The lines? Yeah, I noticed those Uh lines. Yeah. No, you probably walked straight through them right after I was finished. Yeah, that's more like it. (laughs) I was like, (sighs) and then there's a sock print. (laughs) (laughs) Look at my glorious, damn it. (laughs) And then Marley right behind you. (laughs) Yes. Well, thanks for the cliffhanger again. I want more about Caitlin's friend. Meanwhile, did she know that your mother-in-law had just said that? Like, did she overhear her? Or did she just like walk in randomly and be like, and by the by, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but I love her. Okay. The next one is called Not So Sinister Supernatural Sightings. Whoa. Hello again, beautiful ladies and fellow creepsters. Last time I wrote in was January and I accidentally sent it from my other email address. So same person, different email. <laughs> this story I'm about to tell you is not so sinister to say the least, but might give you a little giggle. So this was probably about seven years ago now, and your girl was in her prime creepiness binge-watching Supernatural as it was now on Netflix. Seven years ago? Sheesh. Oof, oof. Oh, it deserved two. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> I just saw woof. Uh, woof, woof. <laughs> okay, the hoot all over there. <laughs> I was hanging out in my mom's backyard with three of my friends, and all three of my dogs were outside with us. Who let the dogs out? Oh, God. <laughs> We were just sitting on the swing, chilling, talking about boys or murder. I'm sorry. We were just sitting on the swing, chilling. You said the G. Okay, they didn't. I did. <laughs> chilling out, talking about boys or murder, you know, whatever atypical teenage girls talk about, when suddenly there was three huge bangs that came from inside the house. I grew up in this house, and then they said, your girl just had to pause the podcast mouth agape because I was just going to type about the occasional tap turning on and y'all were talking about running sinks. Talk about synchronicity, Donna. Sinister Sightings episode 90. And aside from the occasional tap turning on by itself and kind of getting a tickling feeling on your legs when you were running up the stairs from the basement, there was never anything paranormal going on there. Anyways, there was three big bangs from inside the house and no one was inside. So the four of us girls, being the badass bitches we are, decided to investigate. But of course, your girl has been studying the ways of the Winchesters. Therefore, when we got in the house, I armed us with every cast iron pan my mother had (laughs) up in the cupboard, which was only like three pans. Two big ones and one tiny one. I gave one of my friends a big container of salt. Ladies, you will not believe me when I say I channeled all of our bedazzle booze energy, puffed up my chest, and went off on whatever spirit or force had let itself into my house. For our younger listeners, you might want to skip this part. All right, you dick-eating demon ghost, listen and listen good. This is my damn house, and your ghostly little ass is not welcome here, and if that ain't okay with your motherfucking self, come take it up with me. I felt like the baddest bitch until two seconds later there were three bangs again, only they sounded like they were right beside my head. Oh, shit. (laughs) I screamed and damn near fear-sharded. Two of my friends already booked it out the house. I looked at my friend Faith, 
And there were the bangs again. I screamed and ran. She threw salt all over the damn house, not on purpose, mind you. And we were all out of the house and in the driveway in seconds flat. And we were no personal pan pizzas, if you know what I mean. So we all gathered in the empty driveway, breathing heavily, freaking out, trying to rationalize what in the fucking hell just happened when the garage door opens and we all screamed again. And Faith, who was holding one of the frying pans, now jumped and gave herself a fat lip with the frying pan. <laughs> oh my God. And a few minutes later, my mom pulls into the driveway. She had one of those garage door opener buttons built into her vehicle. She and my little brother get out of the garage and start heading towards the house. And I yell, don't go in there. There's a demon in there. (laughs) To which my mom cleverly replied, you sure it's not out here? While giving me that look that only mothers can give. Once I told her the story, after we cleaned up the salt, put an ice pack on Faith's lip, and put away her iron pans... She rationalized it was just the washing machine off balance, but I had never heard the washing machine make a noise like that, nor have I heard that noise since. And if it was the washer, why were the bangs right by my head? Well, I know it's not an ambient story or a true crime story and might not even be a paranormal story necessarily, but I hope you enjoyed it and got a little giggle out of it. It's so easy to write to you lovely ladies because it's just like I'm talking with my girls in the backyard on a swing. Extra large pizza friendly. Don't worry. We broke the one that wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, next time I'll write about that little old lady in Peyton's house. And maybe that little farmer boy that a few of my residents at the continuing care home that I work at have seen. I haven't seen any little boys myself, thank God, because your girl works nights and already get creeped out enough listening to some of y'all stories that my reflection in the window gives me a little jump. Love all you do. I'm getting very close to being completely caught up and I'm going to be devastated when I have to wait for y'all to update or heaven forbid, try to find a new podcast with as many episodes and innuendos as yours. Creep it real and remember to keep your cast iron frying pans close, but not too close. Love, love, love yous. Ember from Alberta, Canada. <laughs> I would be the person that smacked their lip. I was about to say, we all know that Faith is Carrie in this. When she spoke the salt, didn't mean to. And then she smacked herself and gave herself a fat lip. Also, how you went off on the ghost reminds me of Creep Mom when we play Phasmophobia. It gave me such Creep Mom vibes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I love how you write, too. That was good. That really was like we were sitting on the swing and you were telling the story and we're just like drinking, having fun. I love sitting on a swing. Mm-hmm. The one at your parents' house, though, it was very splintery. It needs to be sanded and painted. That's on my to-do list. Here's a good thing about being short. Uh, When you're swinging with Carrie, she has longer legs, so you just get to swing. (laughs) And I like to be well, and I like to be control of the swing because (laughs) you'll do it too fucking slow. (laughs) Like when Colby and I are on a swing, I'm like, go faster, pick your legs up. Like I need to swing. Stop. Stop preventing me from swinging. (laughs) Just a swinging. And my parents' swing is extra large friendly because um, I made sure that we got like 800 pound chains. (laughs) No joke. Yeah, me and you have sat on that swing. Again, that's where it was where I was like, oh, perfect. Then I used to have one on my old front porch. And again, Carrie, perfect swinger. Well, Well, I don't know about her. No pineapples involved. (laughs) I don't know what they do. Okay, this next one wants to be kept anonymous. Hey there, love the podcast and listen to you guys on my delivery routes. Y'all never fail to make me laugh and say what the fuck at least once per episode. Usually way more though. Not the greatest at small talk. I'm pretty much an introvert. So here are a few sinister sightings of mine. I'll try to keep them short. The first one is goodbye. When I was 15, maybe 16, I woke up from a dead sleep. My room was dark except the light from my radio and the street lights glowing softly through the curtains of my bedroom. I started to roll over to try to go back to sleep when I noticed two people standing in my room. One was a guy and he seemed very familiar to me, but I couldn't see his face. It was covered by a dark shadow. The other was a girl that I did not know, but really couldn't make out any features on either. As I stared at them, I started to get a really bad feeling. I knew the guy, but what the hell was he doing in my room? Something's wrong with this, I thought. So I asked, Randy, how did you get in here? You need to leave, dude. I heard him sigh, and then he said, okay, first, calm down. I just wanted to talk. 
telling me to calm down had the exact opposite effect on me. And I started to panic and blurt it out. Dude, you need to leave. You need to go. I don't know what the hell you're doing here, but you need to leave now. Whatever you need to tell me can wait till later. Just go home or something. He had started to walk towards my bed with his hands held out. I assume that was supposed to have calmed me down. It didn't work. I kept saying, go home, dude, go the fuck home. My friend stopped and took a step or two back, then looked into the corner of my room and said, just one more minute, please. I only want to say goodbye. I turned my head to where he was looking and saw a shadow. That might not be the right word for it. It was a churning mass of darkness. That might be the better description. It was so dark that it seemed like light couldn't touch it. Like if someone were to shine a spotlight on it, the light would have been absorbed into it. I couldn't move. If I thought I was scared before, that feeling had increased a thousand times over. My mouth went dry. My heart was trying to jump out of my chest. I was shaking all over. All I could do was whisper, leave over and over and over to my friend. He didn't come any closer to me, but in a sad voice told me, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I only wanted to say goodbye. He then took the girl's hand and together they walked over to the shadow thing and everything went dark. The next morning, I got ready for school, wondering what the hell that was all about and thinking about how real it all felt. I got on the bus and was doing my weekly mandatory sketch for art class about the only homework I cared about doing. A couple of stops later, a friend of mine named Joe gets on and sits next to me. Joe says, you look rough, man. I replied with, yeah, I had trouble sleeping last night. Joe shakes his head and says, I bet you guys are pretty good friends. Did you know his girlfriend? I can imagine I turned chalk white and asked Joe what the fuck he was talking about. He said he was sorry and thought I knew and then told me that Randy and his girlfriend Kelly were killed by a drunk driver while they were returning some movies last night. I was pretty much on autopilot for the next few days. A kid in school had a family member that was a cop or something who was on the scene and talked about how Randy had gone through the windshield and it had pretty much ripped his face off. At the funeral, you could tell that they had to do some serious reconstruction to have an open casket. I'm 52 now, and I still feel guilty for not being able to say goodbye to my friend. He was a good kid. He didn't smoke or drink, hardworking, loyal to his friends and family, kind to everyone unless given a reason not to be. And even then, he would just avoid them. He was 17 or 18. I never knew Kelly, his girlfriend, but I can imagine she was a special person also. They were taken way too soon. The second one is titled Schoolhouse. This happened in 1987 or maybe 1988. I was 17, almost 18. I've never been good at keeping dates in my head. Anyway, I left home to go live with my grandma. There is a really long story about why I left home that involves another haunted house and a probable serial killer. He admitted his guilt a few years later when he and my mother were arrested, but that's something I'll send in later if you're interested. I went to live with my grandma. She lived in an old schoolhouse that had been converted to a home outside a small town. It was out in the country, pretty quiet, nearest neighbors about half a mile away. Sometimes early in the morning, I would be laying in bed trying to convince myself it's time to get up and I would hear children playing and laughing outside that would be followed by a bell ringing. Think handheld Salvation Army type bell. Some days you could hear them playing in the afternoon or evening, but mostly mornings. There were also times when I would hear a man singing, and it always seemed to come from different areas of the small house. And if what I was told is correct, the singing came from the maintenance man. These sounds didn't bother me. In fact, in a weird way, they were kind of comforting. The sound of happy playing kids singing, very occasionally the sound of chairs scooting on the wooden floor. After all, they were just sounds and seemed totally unaware or not capable of interacting with me. Until one did, sort of. It was a late fall in southeast Missouri. All the leaves had turned brown and were all over the yard. I was mowing my grandma's yard for the last time of the season. She never wanted me to rake up the leaves, always told me just to mow over them and leave them there. She claimed it helped the grass grow in the spring. Hey, less work for me, so all right. I was finished mowing the grass and leaves and was tending to the burn barrel, making sure the flames didn't get out of control. As I stood there watching the flames and enjoying the cooler temps of the late fall, it hit me. 
I had to pee. I didn't feel like going all the way to the outhouse. Yeah, outhouse, no running water in the house. Had to pump that stuff from the well. So I walk around the back of the house where there's no windows so I can pee and won't accidentally wave my willy at granny. Just as the first drops of the stream hit the ground, I hear someone crunching through the leaves and it sounds like they're headed in my direction. I yell out, granny, don't come back here, I'm peeing. And the sound gets closer. Again, Granny, hold on, I'm peeing, give me a minute. The leaf crunching gets closer and I'm maybe only halfway finished. Finally, whoever I still thought it was my grandma had been shuffling through the leaves was right behind me. And as I'm again alerting my grandma that I'm peeing, I hear a gasp and a girl's voice right behind me say, oh, pardon me, excuse me, I'm so sorry. And I hear the crunching of the leaves as whoever she was is running back around the house giggling. I could see the leaves moving like someone was running, but there was no one there. At that point, and this may be a little crude, sorry, I was freaked the fuck out. My bladder came to a full halt and maybe even pulled a few drops back. And if you can imagine how a slug shrinks up when you pour salt on it, well, yeah, that happened. So I couldn't have got past my zipper even if I still had to pee. I hurried up and poured water in the burning barrel and went into the house to see my grandma sitting at her desk looking at me kind of confused. She asked me, who were you talking to out there? I never told her. Third one, it's titled The Mirror. Okay, last one for now. I left the army in 1999. It was an honorable discharge, but was also a hardship discharge. I was married at the time and my wife and daughter stayed in Missouri. The wife had some issues and long story short, I had to leave to make sure my daughter was taken care of. When I got home, I was greeted with being told that I was the most worthless human being that had ever existed and that I could sleep in the spare room in the basement until I found a place. I found a job and my now ex-wife spent her days looking for an apartment for me to move into. She told me about one that was only a few blocks away and I looked at it. The place wasn't bad, two bedrooms, dishwasher, nice deck off the back porch, but it felt like I was being watched. I told her that I wasn't sure about the place and wanted to check out a few more before making a decision. Of course, that started another argument. Her thinking I was just trying to stay, hoping to work things out. Me trying to convince her that it was her fault I had to leave the army. I wanted nothing more to do with her. I was home for my daughter only. But in the end, I took the place and started moving that day. On a side note, I don't put all the blame on her for the divorce. We were young. And if I had to do it all over again, I would have waited till I was in my 30s at least to get married. We made each other miserable and didn't even realize it until we were no longer together. We get along now, at least. Back to the new apartment. In the living room, there was a fireplace. It wasn't functional, but there was a setup in it that looked like burning logs, no flames, just embers. And mounted on the wall above the fireplace was a large mirror. The mirror looked old, and it had an old gilt frame around it. In order to get to the bathroom or kitchen, I would have to walk past that mirror, and it always creeped me out. I refused to get near that mirror in the dark. I didn't even like looking at it when the lights were on. And I noticed that most of my friends that came over would take an extra step or two to distance themselves from it. One day as I was unpacking and decorating the place, I found a box of knickknacks that I decided would look nice on the fireplace mantle. But damn, that meant standing in front of that mirror. I thought, oh well, and started placing stuff. Some fossils I had found, a stalactite, question mark, that I had told my daughter was a dragon's tooth, some candles, some framed photos, a clock, the usual stuff. That was the first time I saw the blurry figure moving around inside the mirror. Of course, I freaked out, broke out the sage and all the stuff, and I tried to convince myself it was my imagination. Jump forward a few months, and not a lot of weirdness has happened. Sometimes I would see something move in the mirror and immediately nope it right out of my head. And I had met a girl at work, we'll call her Shiloh. We hit it off instantly, so hey, thanks for looking up. And Michael Jackson, that's what I called it because of the song Man in the Mirror. I thought it was funny at the time, don't hate me. Michael Jackson would just have to keep being ignored. Finally, the night came. Shiloh was coming over for the first time. We'd gone out a few times, but never went home together after. 
We were watching TV, drinking, and talking, still at the getting to know you phase of things. Now, I had managed to arrange the living room furniture in a way that you wouldn't see the mirror unless you looked on purpose. That night, Shiloh sat in the floor at an angle that faced the mirror. As we talked and laughed and drank, I noticed she would stop talking and kind of frown and sometimes look around her and then back at the mirror. Finally, I said, let me ask you a question. You see it, don't you? Something moving in the mirror, right? She turned kind of pale and moved closer to me and said, yeah, I thought it was my imagination. And that was that for the night. I guess it got the attention it wanted because it didn't appear again. After that, other things started happening. A couple of days later, I got home from work and my pictures were all on the floor. Not just the ones on the mantle, but but all of them that were hanging in the living room. Over the next few weeks, Shiloh started saying that she was having trouble sleeping at my place so she didn't stay over very often. I would wake up on and off all through the night feeling like someone was watching me. One night we pulled up in my driveway and my kitchen light was flashing on and off and as I walked up the stairs to the door, it just opened up on its own. That was the last time she spent the night. She woke me up yelling my name in the middle of the night. It was hard to process but what I saw was her on the bed pushed up against the wall pointing at something and I was on the floor, the sheets wrapped tightly around my legs, which were slightly elevated because something was pulling me into the living room towards the mirror. As soon as it dawned on me what was all happening, it all stopped. The sheets loosened and fell to the ground. I jumped up, hit the lights, we got dressed and left the building. She said it was over and that she couldn't take what was going on. I totally understood and that was that. I spent the rest of the night knocking around Walmart, then Huddle House, and I started sleeping with the lights on and TV on. I contacted a friend of mine who practices witchcraft. She told me how to make a powder to protect the home and maybe lock MJ in the mirror. I don't remember everything in it, but I do remember that dragon's blood and dirt from the property were the main ingredients, and it worked for the most part. Things slowed way down. Occasionally, a photo would fall off the wall if you looked at the mirror. You could sometimes catch MJ pacing back and forth, seemingly very agitated. Or the kitchen light or back porch light would flash. The back porch light had no wires running to it, so that was fun to see. But I was done and moved out of there as soon as I could find a place. Whatever was there stayed there until the apartment burned down. Well, there's three, maybe not so short stories for my life. Hope you enjoy. And if you have to edit or even space them out because of time limits or anything, feel free. I have a lot of other encounters I can send if y'all would like. It may take a while though, as reliving some of these hit me a little harder than I thought they would. Again, love the podcast and please never stop. Listening to you two is always the bright spot in my week. Well, okay, that first story, goodbye, is super sad. But I would have reacted the same way you reacted. Like, dude, get the fuck out of my house. What are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God bless. I mean, when you're just like stunned like that, I mean, that's a, it was a totally normal reaction. Yes. And he knew it was in your heart. He totally knew that. But I don't want to hear little kids. You're like, oh, that was actually comforting. No, no, no. Little kids laughing? Mm-mm. Human little kids that I can see, sure, not just disembodied voices. Also, can you imagine being his, like, fresh new girlfriend, staying over at the house, and then, like, something, like, pins you against the wall? Right? Freddy Krueger style? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It would never be at your place or mine. It would be like, no, 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 it's mine. We're going Literally, back to Literally, yeah, always mine. <laughs> okay, this one's called Postal Sightings. Hi, Carrie and Donna. I'm a rural carrier in Mississippi, about 45 minutes from Hattiesburg. I see a lot on these dusty country back roads. However, this one is about the actual post office. Okay, also, hi, and um, hopefully this is not from our post office where our P.O. box is. Oh, gosh. I don't know why I emphasized our instead of P.O. box. <laughs> I don't know. Is. Very Chandler Bing of you. Yeah, well. Also, thanks for all you do. You know, what is it? Rain, sleet, or snow? I don't know. I always try to say that saying, and I always fuck it up. (laughs) It's all of the weather. Just all weather things. One morning, I came in early, as I normally do, and when I opened the double doors, my clerk was standing there with wide eyes. I I said, good morning. He said, did you come in and go back outside? I said, no, I just got here. The doors were locked. He stood there in disbelief and confusion and asked if I was playing a prank on him. I said, no, why? What's going on? He said, I was upstairs and I clearly heard someone in the ladies' bathroom down here. I even heard them getting paper towels from the dispensary. It's old and loud. I said, well, it wasn't me and we're the only two here. No other cars were in the parking lot. 
He said, we got to go check it out. I said, no, sir, I'll be in the parking lot. He said, well, I'll check it out, but you have to stay here until I do. So I stood in the exit door and told him he had 15 seconds since it's a small bathroom. He came back out and said, go look. There's nothing or no one in there, but I want you to go look. Reluctantly, I walked to the restroom and peeked my head in, and the paper towel dispensary had unused paper towels hanging from the dispensary and covered the floor as if someone or something were just standing there pushing the lever. I said, well, maybe it was the postmaster. I saw the light on in his office. He parks in the front and uses a different entrance, which is probably why I never saw him. And shh. You can hear the papers rustling. He listened and gave a big sigh of relief and went to work. About 15 minutes later, the postmaster walked in and said, Good morning. He was running late. We immediately looked towards the office and the lights were off now. He was never in his office. We still have no clue who or what was in there with us that morning. Until next time, anonymous mail lady. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. That's not cool. When you have that false sense of security, then like, oh, okay, it was him. And then like, he comes in, it's like, oh, no, that wasn't him. Uh Uh-uh. For real. Like, you're like, okay, okay, look, it was just this. But also like, why would the postmaster be like, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." (laughs) however you work your paper towel thing, (laughs) and waste all that paper towel, and then it just get dirty on the floor. Right. Oh, my gosh. Uh Uh-uh. And now I'm so nosy. I'm like, which one was it? Where was it? <laughs> I want to know. I know. I'm like, w- I, yes. That, okay. I almost repeated everything you just <laughs> said, but same. Okay. Good one. All right. Last one. This is sinister sighting. Well, sweet sighting, really. Hi, Donna and Carrie. My name is Joe. Girl Joe. People always call me Joss because my name is Jocelyn, but I always feel awkward spelling it. Like, shouldn't it be J-O-C? But then it just reads like jock. Anyway, my favorite candy is peanut (laughs) (laughs) Is Donna writing this? (laughs) Did I write that? (laughs) I love every minute of that. That's me on our, never mind, but that's me. First meeting. Okay, on to my story. In 2011, my sister Gloria died from complications of lupus when she was 28 years old. Lupus is an autoimmune disease that essentially causes your body to attack itself. I was 17 at the time, and my parents gave me the watered-down version of exactly what killed her. But I can tell you how it seemed from my perspective. She moved back into our family home after not being able to work. She lost a ton of weight, survived off of Vicodin and Gatorade, and mostly just slept for several months prior to her death. At some point in mid-March, I just remember her being in so much pain, wailing and crying to herself at night. My dad, the sweetest man on the planet, was like, okay, we're forcing you to go to the hospital and dragged her there. She didn't want to go. She had been to see a doctor rather recently who basically just shrugged and told her she was stressed or some other dismissive crap. Apparently, she had pneumonia that eventually resulted in a kidney infection. When I went to visit her in the hospital, she was in the ICU and intubated, but still awake. Yes, that's the thing. Despite that, she was trying to joke with me about a cute doctor by motioning with her hands and writing things with a pen and paper. I believe she was in the ICU for two weeks, then moved down to a regular hospital room. The last time I saw her was two days before she passed. I went with my parents after visiting UC Santa Barbara for a parents tour. I was so excited about college and she made it clear how proud she was of me. I was one of six children, first generation American, and was the first in my family to attend college. I told her all about it, and it's such a wonderful memory. She was sitting up, seeming more awake than I had seen her in weeks, and she even ate a full slice of pie. When she died two days later, I was obviously devastated. It was crushing. In my 17-year-old brain, she was totally going to be okay. The chemo, extreme weight loss, two weeks in the ICU didn't click with me. I always imagined her coming home. Shortly after she died, I had a dream about her. I was on a pier at the beach and saw her walk to me and stand beside me. There was no one else there and the scene was just me and her together. She looked beautiful and returned to her healthy weight, full of color, and she was wearing a beautiful white dress. She told me she was okay and that's all I remember of the dream. Late last year in 2020, I went to Los Angeles where I grew up and all of these events took place. On the morning of my flight, I decided to stop at the cemetery to visit her gravesite. I talked to her, lay 
laid down and sort of hugged the grass above her plot and told her I missed her and would love a sign from her. The next day was Friday and I had to go to work. Being COVID times, I only go into the office once per week, Fridays. So I walked to the car with my toddler daughter. As a side note, my daughter's middle name is Glory in honor of my sister. When I got to the car, I did the usual and unlocked my car doors by clicking the unlock button on the car keys. Here's when something happened. As soon as I opened up the car door to put my stuff down in the front seat, music started blaring from the car speakers. It was loud and I was so confused because this had never happened before. I thought maybe Bluetooth had connected from my phone to the car speakers, but nope, that wasn't it. At this point, my daughter was crying and I was frantically trying to figure out what was going on and why my car was blasting music without me ever even turning the car on. I got in the front seat and realized it was a CD plane. I immediately put my key in the ignition and ejected the CD. I calmed my kiddo down and I proceeded to drop her off at daycare and go about my day. I kept thinking about the incident and was just shocked. This had never happened before and I've left CDs in my car plenty of times. How did that happen before my car was even on? I tried looking online for an explanation and in the car manual and couldn't find anything that would really explain it. I truly believe that that was her sending me a message. We were extremely close despite our 10 plus year age gap. I used to go to her house all the time, play rock band, go out to eat, go to church, swim in the pool. She would even let me drink alcohol with her. Bad, I know, but it was fun. One of our favorite things to do was to look for free concerts going on in LA and just have a blast dancing. There have been a few other small experiences here and there, but this was definitely the most solid for me. I loved and still love her so much and not a day goes by that I don't think of her. I want other people to know that it is possible and that people who pass aren't really gone. They're just elsewhere. All the best, Joe. That last little bit totally reminded me of you and Lori. I know. Yeah, I got that too. Like the rock band and the, you know. The pool, even though it was just an inflatable pool kind of thing. Yeah, but it was very nice. (laughs) Well, in even the age range, like the Mm -hmm. gap. I'm really sorry that you lost your sister, though. That's so hard. I mean, she didn't have to blast the music and scare your daughter, but... Right. You know. But also, thanks for the sign. Yeah. It's like, okay, thanks for doing too much. Yeah, but but you didn't have to go so extra. (laughs) Also, that's a beautiful middle name for your daughter. Thank y'all so much for all of these amazing stories. They uh, did not disappoint. They never freaking do. Keep them coming. Send them into aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh... The person who was anonymous that said that they had other stories, we do want those. Oh, yeah. We always say we want them. And then, like, on that one, I don't know, we were talking about everything else, and we didn't say that, but we do want them. Yeah, always want them. Like I said, we're right at the end of May with the stories, so we'll be getting into June next time. So, you know, just that way, people are always like, where are y'all at with the stories? When are y'all going to get to my stories? Well, that's where we are. So, stay tuned for more. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.